Hello, my name is Ken, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Water. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our life. The title of this message is, Don't Be So Sensitive. Is your choice to go to hell, right? So now imagine my surprise when I open this message expecting to see it already laid out and ready to develop, and all I saw was one scripture, thus so far hardly fitting considering the strong title. But so you know my ministry by now, which is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Ephesians 4, 11, 16. Note the operative word, which is saints. That means saved of God, no one else. Not the open, non-believing public, nor the I-want-a-free-snack crowd. Not the peeps you invited to church, even though God himself is not adding them to his address or to his family. But now you cannot hardly be blamed because you were trained to tell everyone about Jesus. And as ill-equipped as many of you may be, many of Satan's kids get welcomely invited into the house of God, being accepted with open arms as if they belong there. This stuff is why this ministry was started and will bring a new level of Christianity that is more than prepared to meet a challenging instruction sent by God or as a result of the devil. 1 John 5.19 You see, my heart is to be an integral part of the Book of Acts Church, which never was in the heart of man to reproduce, unless he could accept the things of God, point blank, without a care of or for the things of this world. 1 John 2.15 I get a sad kick out of those who say, well, it's one thing to live spiritually and to want to get daily into the presence of God, where we can live and dwell and be daily transformed into the image of Christ. But some of us live in the real world, and the light bill has to be paid. To this, I would say, you might very well be one bulb short of a full box. I'd say it may be better or more effective to preach in the dark. We need Christians, authentically born-again assassins for God in these days. What makes us think God needs our help to do anything? It is his church, his alone. And well, Jesus too. But you get my drift. He doesn't build failures although he will lock you down, even shutting your doors, if you don't handle his business his way. And to anyone who is embarrassed or ashamed of the unique ways the Holy Spirit may manifest in your service, that is, if he's allowed even to breathe in your church, that is to say, again, you might want to contemplate that Jesus may then be embarrassed at you and your lackluster performance as his bride. Romans 15.19 He is not coming back for a raggedy Ann. Revelation 19, 7. So we read in Mark 8, 3, 8. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him, the Son of Man, also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. Notice it says of me and my words, me, 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 and all the he is which includes the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so back to the rest of my audience. If you are tuning into these messages, just be aware of the audience the message is trying to reach. Sometimes I speak to the unbeliever in these messages, but my real calling is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. This, by its very nature, excludes the interested lost you. However, if you want to stay tuned, so be it. To lost souls and tuners, I would say to get saved so that you too can be equipped to live an extraordinary godly life. If you are a curious cat, look at what you are facing. 
and that is only of the things of God. 1 Corinthians 2.14 But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Matthew 13.11 He answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Mark 4.11 And he said to them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, all things come in parables. You see a themer yet? Know your circle and switch if you can. Now I do not believe in begging you into the presence of God. This world kicking you up one side and down another is better at it than myself. 1 John 5.19 I can gospel milk you, I can gospel bread you, or even gospel meet you. But if you are not ready for God, or forever a child of Satan, then I would be unnecessarily wasting your time and my time. Now there are some Johnny Appleseed seed planters who are called to the task. So but I will stay in my lane and water, that is, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So let's deal with that lone scripture that was here in the beginning. This one scripture that so far has led to what this message has been turning into I will have to look it up to see what it says, just like most of you. But so when I do, I hope the rest of this message falls in line. Acts 13:48. Now when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many had been appointed to eternal life, believed. First, I will point out what I saw initially, and then how it relates to this message title. So it looks like there are some who are appointed and called to eternal life. That is, that they were pre-selected before they believed. Okay, so now I see another thing, and here we go. The other thing to take note of is that they did not believe, although they were appointed to believe. And the last thing is that if you are not pre-selected or appointed to salvation, then you are excluded. And for sure, we as believers should not start trying to figure out who them are is, because then we become judgmental and misinformed. Maybe more on this later. So look, predestined from Romans 8, 30. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Ephesians 1, 5, 11 having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the richness of his grace, which he made us to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. The three circles. Circle one contains the children of God the seed of God, the authentically born-again believer, the appointed, predestined, and called. Circle three contains the children of Satan, the seed of Satan planted in Eve in the garden, 
those who will not change but have the blood of Cain coursing through their veins. Oh, it also contains the backslidden and those of us who have wandered from the truth. James 5, 19, 20. Brethren, if any among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Proverbs 14, 14. The backslider in heart will be filled with his own ways, but a good man will be satisfied from above. The middle circle is where all of us begin. This is where and why the gospel is preached or should be. I cannot count the number of times I have heard the gospel preached to a mostly believing body as if baby Christians were any more important than a young or old Christian peeps. You see it? This is one of our biggest issues in the church today. We want to gather all the baby chicks into the pen, but we do not have enough equipped saints to handle the furry flocklings. But to the middle circle is where sin is active. Death is active. The devil and his demons is active. Round and round comes to mind, but that song was from Rat, and I'm not much into that Rat stuff anymore. I speak on the circles in a few other messages, so as to really try to explain how life really is set against us, to pull us out of circle one and land us in the circle three. Crazy, right? So now I feel compelled to explain something for the uninformed peeps who are in one of three circles. You do not remain in the circle you started out in, but however, once you transition from your original circle, that is, circle two, you can behave in such a way so as to end up leaving your circle, that is, circle one, if you were called to circle one, and ending up in another circle, which is circle three. You can see the illustration one to get a high-level perspective. Pictures have always helped me to see clearer. Let me get into it before I confuse both you and I, since you can't actually see the picture. The Gospel in its Power, Romans 1:16. Coming from the Holy Spirit is what moves the appointed or predestined Christian to the authentically born-again circle. Now, circle one should not have any non-believers in it. Circle three, however, can have backslidden or those who have wandered from the truth believers in it, along with Satan's kids. 2 Thessalonians 2, 19-12 The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all powers, signs, and lying wonders and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. I have a whole message on what that looks like, titled Don't Play With Your Salvation. But sticking to this topic, it is only important that you are aware that the purpose or what each of the three circles represents. Now, non-believers get into circle one because they are invited to the church, the very habitation of God, and those from circle one. The unbelieving soul does not belong there. That is the equipping center or barracks for Christians. Listen to the message titled Church Purpose. Non-believers in attendance only brings confusion and can eventually slow or stop the growth of other baby Christians, even causing them to backslide. Non-believers belong in circle two or three, which ultimately depends on whose seed is in them. The gospel power causes that seed to manifest and eventually sets the person on the course of where the seed is destined to go. This is why Jesus said you will know them by their fruit. For those in circle one, we in the fivefold ministry should be equipping the saints for the work of ministry so that they can preach to those in circle two, 
not circle 3. Only circle 2 contains the appointed, predestined, and called peeps. Circle 3 has the hell-bent and sent, as well as the once-upon-a-time believer or backslider. Now, I know I say we do not preach to circle 3 convicts, but there is a ministry there, which should be addressed by the young peeps along with the mature believers, as they are called to do so. This is not a ministry for babies or immature young believers. Now, Circle 1 has a combination of the milk drinkers, defined as the baby Christians, bread eaters for the young persons, and the meat eaters for the aged and mature Christian. Each is to be equipped where they are at. How many times have I seen those who are invited or required to attend a training that may specifically speak to only one maturity group? is beyond counting and extraordinarily frustrating for an equipper to witness. Why should they have to endure your laziness? Prepare training for each of the groups of Christians. This is God's military, and I think we should handle the business of equipping and training just as he would and just as he did. Joel 2, 1-11 So the three circles. I know you've just been dying to know what they are, right? It'll make sense of the rest of the message, huh? On the left is, is, uh, is one circle, in the center is another, and on the right is a third circle. The one on the left is red with an arrow pointing up. The one in the middle is gray with arrows pointing to the right and to the left. The one on the right is black with an arrow pointing down. Obviously, the arrow pointing up tells you that those are Christians, so arrow pointing down tells you that those are not, and the arrows pointing to the right or left signifies that we have a choice. And as I've said before, the center circle is where everybody comes from. It's circle one that preaches the gospel into circle two and extracts those who are predestined, appointed, or called by God. It also separates those who are not, and they end up going to circle three, hopefully sooner than later. In my message titled CD Seedlings, I discuss how the Bible shows us that there are two seed lines and that they begin in a garden. But for this message, I have found it the clearest in the circle illustration, so as to appease my understanding. But I again caution you to stay away from placing labels on people as you really never know who God is after. And the state that they are in, when you meet them, may not be the state that they will remain in. So now you must be asking yourself, if everything is already set up and established by God, then why should I try to do anything for God, with God? In fact, why God at all? Well, I'm glad you asked, and this is why, if you do such a message, that you explain what I'm about to explain, so that you don't leave people quitting on God or just walking away from their assigned destiny. I know that some things in the human race are set from birth, such as the personality, talents, giftings, and purpose and calling. If you try and flow outside of what has already been established, then you go from a potential A performer to a B or C performer. If you want to know where you are at, ask your boss, your manager, your leader, your wife, or your husband. And if church has leadership, go to them, ask them. How am I performing? Am I at an excellent level or am I at B or a C level? Now know this, you cannot do anything you set your mind on. Watch a few episodes of American Idol to get the proof and evidence that this is a very true statement. Now, before I move on, I want to dispel a prevailing error so as to convince you of these facts. I have had people refer me to Corinthians and tell me that I am in error on these points, according to Paul. Let's look. 1 Corinthians 9, 19, 22. 
For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. And to the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might win Jews. To those who were under the law, as under the law, that I might win those who were under the law. To those who are without law, as without law, not being without law towards God, but under the law towards Christ, that I might win those who are without law. To the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Paul is pretty clear in what he is referring to when he makes the statement about becoming all things. He is not saying that he became a doctor or a scientist, a miner, or a movie star. He's talking about having no cultural status boundaries. We also know by his ministry that he didn't have any religious boundaries either. You see it? You can't just be anything you want to be. It's not true. Sorry, parents, you should never have told your kids that they can be anything they want to be. The Bible says you should raise up your kids in the way they should go, and that if they depart from it, they will come back to it. You find out what the kid is wired for and set him on that path, and that's the life that God has chosen for him. But so now we move on to the next thing I wanted to address, which I can only indirectly support, but would simply like to preference it as a thought of my own. I cannot directly support it, but this is why it is supportable by the very fact that it is not 100% clear, and that you actually never know the fullness of how God sets his plan up. So look at Genesis 18:19, specifically 18:23:33, where he is chatting it up with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, negotiating with him that he might spare the city if just ten were found righteous. Now we also know that Moses had changed God's mind on a few occasions, whereby he was ready to take out all the whole of those rebellious desert peeps known as his people. Exodus 32:10:14. Now therefore, let me alone that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them, and I will make of you a great nation. Some may say that God was just testing Moses, and never would have consumed them. And even though I believe he was, I do not believe he would have relented from his original plan had Moses failed the test. We have evidence of this in King David and God's relationship whereby David performed a census, failing the test of God, and so it resulted in dead people. Lots of dead people. 2 Samuel 24, 1-17 I know there is more to the story, but not here, not now. Verse 11 Then Moses pleaded with the Lord his God and said, Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people, whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt, with great power and with great mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians speak and say, He brought them out to harm them, to kill them in the mountains, and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce wrath and relent from this harm to your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants to whom you swore by your own self, and said to them, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven. And all this land that I have spoken of I give to your descendants, and they shall inherit it forever. So the Lord relented from the harm which he said he would do to his people. Now, the fact that it looks like God changed his mind here kind of challenges the thought that those who are saved are assigned salvation before they are born. God may change his mind towards you, so don't give up asking. Of course you know me by now, and so it is that we go to DCOM to find out what relent truly means. Relent, to soften in feeling, temper, or determination. Become more mild, compassionate, or forgiving. To become less severe, slacken. Now let's take a look at what obsolete means. 
To cause to soften in feeling, temper, determination. To cause to slacken or abate. To abandon or relinquish. Clearer? Well, if you need more evidence that God will change his mind, which is not in conflict with the fact that his word states, Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And are they not one and the same? Yes, I also speak to this in another message, and right now, only the Lord knows its title, which simply means I forgot. So here we are at the end of this thing, and for many this will be new information, and for others even shocking. I suspect some of you would even laugh and toss the whole thing to the side of the road. Believe me when I say that for that group, I get it, and I'm not interested in you right now. I want to address those who actually may be concerned for their very soul. It is these who have the hidden seed of God in them that is sprouting. I waited until I was in my 30s to respond to God. Had it been possible for me to look into the future and see the kind of jerk I would turn into, I would have responded earlier and been more effective in ministry at an earlier stage in my life. But nevertheless, and those who were Christians near me and didn't share the love of Christ will feel bad when they see me in the same line that they thought was exclusive to their type of Christianity. But I do hope that they make it in spite of themselves. Oh, I was at, but nevertheless, I lived long enough to respond and to get to know God in as much as it was possible in this body set on destruction. Don't wait. Any friends you might have are not worth the risk of going to the third circle. Move with all of your being, even if you are not in circle one, and see, just see if God may take you in or relent from his original plan for your life. Well, that's it for today. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from it. Together, we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still, and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of lights to shine through into people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks to see you next time in deep water.